brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you, November 13th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you for tuning in to get your week started right. Good morning, Pat. Hey, welcome to Monday. How was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic except for the sports side of it and that was uh yeah yeah my, my teams didn't fare too well this weekend but other than that it was a great weekend oh fantastic uh pretty good weekend too i you know did my regular house cleaning and you know i went to confession this weekend which is always oh, an good. important thing to me uh we are fortunate because our priest offers confession for like 45 minutes before every mass and so uh he makes it com- Completely easy. But, you know, while I was there, you know, I've been going to confession for (laughs) many, many, many years. And I picked up one of the examination of conscience. And one of the things that it lists on there is, do you do unnecessary work on Sundays? And do you require other people to work Uh on Sundays? And I went, oh, I do that all the time. You know, working people, we think, you know, we work all week and then we save a lot of work for Saturday and Sunday. So I took it upon myself to not do anything on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I sat down and read my book. But something that's good. It's a day of rest. I mean, the Lord even rested on Sunday. Exactly. That's the example. He wasn't tired. God was not tired at the end of creation, but it was an example to all of us that we should. So I enjoyed and finished off a book, sat with the family, enjoyed a nice I did cook. I mean, those are the, some requirements, but you have to feed each other. But here's the interesting thing that happened to me this morning, Patrick. This is so strange. So remember last week, Pope Francis met with, oh, like a large group of young kids. Right, 7,000 like, children, I think I yeah. saw. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh-huh. it was a really incredible event. And the kids got to ask him questions. And one of the questions the kid asked him is, Pope Francis, do you dream? What do you dream about? Right. I remember. And and he said, I don't dream. Well, what we found out actually in science, everybody dreams throughout their lives. You just don't remember them. I remember fewer and fewer dreams these days. But this morning I had a dream and I woke up just like I had lived it. Wow. (laughs) So and it started off with I was driving an RV. Now, what the funny thing about dreams is it always seems so normal, whatever you're doing. I would never drive an RV, like a recreational vehicle. I wouldn't drive one. The only reason why it was in my dream is because Christian actually yesterday said, Mom, you guys should trade in the trailer and get an RV. He said that to me. So, boom, that went into my dream. I'm driving down the road with an RV. And I run across in my RV emergency vehicles and I was going fast and so I kind of went around one and then it was like a two-lane road and then I came over and I hit the other one as I was getting back into my lane now and then the dream kind of went on from there but here's what was weird Pat you know in your dreams you feel all of these emotions about what's going on I woke up this morning and I felt like oh my gosh what have I done I got in an accident and then it took me a second like, wait, I, I don't have an RV. I'm not going to ever drive an <laughs> RV. It was just a dream. But I still had all those emotions. I don't know why that is. Oh, Does that ever happen to you? I think there's some, some deep psychological uh, things going <laughs> is on Is it? There. 
Yeah, you know, I I, I took uh, six hours of psychology in college, so I. So I, please, <laughs> and when you get in an accident, when you're draw, what is that? There's there's something. I that... have no idea. <laughs> I, I I you know dream dreams are are I, I I think anybody who tells you that they know what those things mean is is kind of blowing smoke a little bit. Well, uh, th- but, but there are certain, like, you know, if you want to get into it, there are archetypes that exist, you know, the, the, and, and certainly within the realm of your faith, you can analyze those types of things too. I mean, we, we see it from St. Saint Joseph, right? Exactly. So, so there, there, there's certainly some merit to dreams, obviously, but when you start like trying to say, what does this mean? What, I, I don't know if you can ever really figure out what it is. I would say maybe there's something underneath the surface that you might have some guilty feelings about. So maybe that's <gasps> oh, okay. Should, well, we, should should I start? I feel like Fraser Crane here. You know, like yes. yeah. I'm we, listening. I'm listening. <laughs> Well, thank goodness you're listening. And maybe I went to bed. You know, the last thing I remember seeing was that my Chargers did not do well uh, over the yes. weekend. And so- One of many late second games yesterday. <laughs> that was just like heartbreak uh. and jubilation on the other side. I mean, for the, for the Seahawks, they got the last play win. Okay, but, okay yeah, so, that, so that does help. Yeah. That helps for sure. And, uh, of course, I was keeping up with uh, high school football and uh, got some good news from friends of mine who go yeah. to Seton High School. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about that. What else do you have coming up today, Pat? Well, uh, we have uh, some developments in the church with the new Bishops Conference opening up in Baltimore today. It goes on through Thursday, but over the weekend, there were some developments in the church that we'll bring you up to date on. Yes, there were some developments for sure. And in fact, one of those two, they fought for their daughter to the very end. The parents Mm. of Indy Gregory mourned the loss of their eight-month-old daughter, Pope Francis, send prayers to a grieving family. Mm. I'll have that update on that story for you as well. So... Let's get this Monday started, Patrick, shall we? Here is Sarah Kroger. Alleluia is our song. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What hope we have even in the longest night for the light will overcome We will not fear
Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 710 on the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. Glad to have you along for the ride on this Monday morning. And just ahead, we'll check that weather forecast. I think you're going to like it. And Sarah Kinsey checks in to get, bring us the latest on what's going on with young Catholic professionals. That's next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. 
What's the best way to stay on top of things in our local Catholic community? Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect way to connect directly into all the exciting fall activities. And you can jump right into the middle of it all like a big pile of leaves. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontereyRadio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be accessing our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your own prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows you won't find on the radio. Plus, you'll discover our Catholic lifestyle features, news, sports, fun fall festivities on the interactive community calendar, and much, much more. Get plugged directly into your local Catholic community with the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 713 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, skies will remain partly to mostly cloudy into the afternoon. Might see a passing morning shower, but that should uh, end by the afternoon. And we might even see a little bit of sun breaking through occasionally. Now, this storm system is mainly pushing to the south, so we should expect a little bit drier afternoon again. Highs today reaching 54 degrees. Overnight, clouds begin to break up a little more and lows drop to about 40 degrees. And then as we move through the week, Tuesday, a little more sunshine highs again in the middle 50s. Now, rain will continue off and on to the midweek. And as of right now, though, Thursday and Friday look like they are going to be beautiful, sunny days. So let's uh, get through this week. Well, we got fog scattered around the west side. It's 46 at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center in Beaverton. And it is 49 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. Good morning. This is Sarah Kinsey with Mater Day Radio, sharing an update on the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. The mission of Young Catholic Professionals, or YCP, is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults working in various professions to work in witness for Christ. Each month, YCP welcomes young adults in their 20s and 30s to gather together for various events. And with me this morning is Francia Bautista, and she is the Director of Membership for YCP Portland. Good morning, Francia. Good morning. It's great to have you here in studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I'm just so excited to talk to you. You know, you've been part of our YCP community for quite a while, and um, I'm just excited that more people get to hear about what we're doing. Um, so first of all, I wanted to ask you, how uh, did you first get involved uh, with Young Catholic Professionals? Well, I saw an event posted online, and I recently had finished school, so just had more free time and was looking to find more meaningful ways to spend my time and grow in my faith. And so seeing the event just seemed like the perfect opportunity for that. That's awesome. And um, I'm trying to remember, what what was the first event you ever went to? Do you remember? It was an executive speaker series at St. Pat's. Oh, awesome. Man, that was a while ago. <laughs> it was. It was a good one, though. Well, I'm so glad that you chose to come to that first event and, and get more involved. And, and then uh, before too long, though, you also joined the leadership team. How did that happen? I was looking for more ways to be involved and yeah, give back to the YCP community. 
Well, we're so glad you did. And, you know, now that you've been involved for a while, um, what is it about young Catholic professionals that, that you really enjoy personally? I think it's a really great way to find community. I've found really great, you know, support system through ICP. I also think it provides a lot of opportunities to visit and learn more about other parishes that you may not typically go to. That's awesome. I think our our own parishes are so important for us to invest in, but also there's so many other young Catholics out there that I would never have met if it hadn't been for YCP. Right. That's a really cool thing, I think, about about young Catholic professionals. And so, Frencia, as you know, uh, we have monthly events, and they're they're open to anyone in their 20s and 30s. But what many people might not know is that we also have a membership program. And this is what really you're in charge of um, as director of membership. And it's a way that people can take another step to getting more involved with YCP. So can you share a little bit about this membership program that you're in charge of? Yeah, so the Belong membership program has two different tiers, um, both very affordable. But with that, you get a lot of local and national benefits. Um, You get access to spiritual and different career resources. One of our benefits would be free attendance to some of our ticketed events or a free lunch at our retreats or a free drink at our happy hour. The membership program also gives a lot of other opportunities to meet with other young Catholics. So outside of our monthly events, we'll have small group events. And so that's a really great way to get to know other members and also the team in like a smaller group setting. I was going to say that that is something that I really love about the membership program is when we've been able to get together. You know, a lot of times we're in such a big group and then these smaller groups just give you the opportunity to relax and just talk to more people. And uh, can you tell us about uh, some of the special events that we've done so far this year? Because I've really enjoyed all of them so far. Yeah, we met up for Mass at St. Pat's and went to Lucky Lab after. We also had a bocce ball tournament with the Sisters of St. Mary of Oregon. That was fun. I really, yeah. we got very competitive. <laughs> that was a good time and saying karaoke outside. That's right. The karaoke with the nuns was not something I expected from that day, but it was a very welcome surprise. Yes, that was a fun time. We also had a private tour at the grotto. That was awesome. Um, had you been to the upper gardens before? I haven't. I hadn't been to the grotto at all. So that was oh, my wow. first time. Oh, that's amazing. So it was a great first experience there. It was pretty incredible. So yeah, I just, I love those smaller events and you work so hard to kind of make a special experience for our members. One of the things you mentioned is free admittance to our ticketed events, and we actually have one of those coming up this week. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? Yes. So Tuesday the 14th, we have an executive panel discussion. It will be at Ascension Catholic Church at 7 p.m. These events are really awesome. They're a little bit, you know, classier and have a different environment than our, you know, other monthly events. And we have three panelists from different backgrounds. So it's really great to hear all their different perspectives. And this will be on the virtue of perseverance. Awesome. I think we all need that. As we were saying earlier, we're, we're a little bit tired <laughs> with this time change. And, and I don't know, this time of year, like you need a little extra perseverance to get through the workday, I think. Yeah, this will be the perfect virtue to focus on. Absolutely. And I love these um, 
these panel discussions because they're always on a different virtue, which which is just I think really good for us to to learn how to incorporate that in our in our daily life. Yeah, and we also have small group settings for the panel events, so you can kind of dive in deeper into the topics with a smaller group. I think that's really really helpful because sometimes I think we just kind of like listen to maybe a speaker, but we haven't really taken time to think about how it applies to our lives. And I think when you have a discussion, it really helps like bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. And hear other, other people's perspectives and hear the insights from other people is really, really great. So Frencia, with this event coming up on Tuesday, the 14th, if someone is interested in attending any young adults in their twenties or thirties, how would they sign up and find out more information? You can visit ycpportland.org to get signed up for the events and find more information. You can also follow us on YCP Portland on Instagram or Facebook. Awesome. Uh, Well, we're so excited. We hope uh, to see maybe some new faces there. And Frencha, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. It is 721 here at Mater Day Radio. Patrick, I have no information about other YCP chapters around the country, but just from what I can see and how active this Portland community is, I bet you they're probably tops in the nation for sure. I was around when they started the uh, first one in Texas and was around when they started the one here. And yes, I would say you they are definitely one of the top across the country. Uh, they do it right. And they, they have a good time while they do it. Oh, absolutely. Our, our, our faith should bring us joy and happiness. And they exude that for sure at their different events. So definitely check that one out that it is coming up on Tuesday. In fact, if you go online today to materdayradio.com, look under the Get Involved menu. You're going to find our community calendar. It has the details about that event, plus so many more things happening in the area. Ministries are really active this time of year for sure. You can also access that community calendar if you download the free Hail Mary media app. It is loaded with great events going on and use that integrated map system. Uh-huh. Going to get you right where you need to be. Again, it is our community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. St. Joseph only spoke one word in the Bible, Matthew 1:25. He gave him the name Jesus. Jesus is the only word he's recorded as having said. And yet God spoke to him more than to most people throughout Scripture. He's one of the few people in the Gospels that God sends direct instructions to as he made important decisions about Jesus and Mary. He was a man of listening. Why is it that when people talk to God, we call it prayer, but when people hear God talk, we call it crazy? (laughs) In the conversation that is prayer, the top priority shouldn't be what you have to say. It should be listening to what God has to say. But how do you do that? Wake up every day and read the gospel of the day from mass. Then ask God what he's saying to your heart through his word. If you make quiet space in your heart that's not crowded with what you have to say, you might just hear what God has to say to you. 
Send us a message at connectedreallifecatholic.com. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. 726 in Mater Day Radio and Pope Francis removes a bishop in Texas over the weekend. Details just ahead. And they fought for their daughter to the very end. And Pope Francis offers his prayer to the parents of Indy Gregory. I'll have an update on that story for you coming up in news. This is the Vigil Project, Always Faithful. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Before you split the sea, you were leading me. Oh, cause your love is sure. Before you break the dawn, you chase darkness with the sun. Oh, cause your love is sure. You're always faithful, always faithful. You are the love that will endure All of your promises are sure You're everlasting You're never failing Even before we knew your love You gave your life for all of us You are faithful Oh, you're always faithful Yeah. 
That is the Vigil Project, always faithful. It is 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. The Vatican announced Saturday that Pope Francis has relieved Bishop Joseph Strickland from his duties in the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, and appointed an apostolic administrator, Bishop Joe Vasquez of Austin, to replace him. Strickland's removal comes after the Texas bishop refused a Vatican request for him to submit his resignation two days prior, according to Cardinal Daniel DiNardo of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. The Vatican Dicastery of Bishops completed a formal investigation into the Diocese of Tyler earlier this year, called an apostolic visitation, and recommended that Strickland's continuation in office was not feasible. Pope Francis met with American Cardinal Robert Francis Prevost, the prefect of the Dicastery for Bishops, on Saturday morning before Strickland's removal was announced. The Pope's decision to relieve Strickland of his pastoral governments of the East Texas Diocese came just two days before the start of the U.S. Bishops' Fall Plenary Meeting, which opens today and runs through Thursday in Baltimore. Critically ill British infant Indy Gregory died overnight on Monday after her life support was removed over the weekend following a U.K. court order. The eight-month-old Gregory died in her mother's arms in a hospice center. In a statement released through Christian Concern, Gregory's parents said they are angry, heartbroken, and ashamed. The NHS and the courts not only took away her chance to live a longer life, they said, but also took away Indy's dignity to pass away in the family home where she belonged. Indy Gregory, born in February and baptized in September, suffered from a rare degenerative mitochondrial disease after England's high court ruled that it was in the child's best interest to be taken off life support against her parents' wishes. The Italian government granted the critically ill child Italian citizenship on November 6th and agreed to cover the cost of her medical treatment at the Vatican's pediatric hospital, Bambino Jesu. Gregory's parents, Dean and Claire, repeatedly appealed the UK courts to be available to take their baby to Rome for treatment, but lost their legal battle. A November 11th Vatican statement said Pope Francis was praying for Gregory and her family. A tragic situation unfolded Saturday afternoon in northeast Salem. An 80-year-old man killed himself in the lobby of the Salem Police Department Saturday afternoon, authorities said. The incident unfolded around 1 o'clock when the man, whose name has not been released, walked into the vestibule of the police station at 333 Division Street Northeast and pulled a shotgun out of a bag he carried. He then shot himself, officials said. The lobby of the Salem Police Department will reopen later this morning as the investigation wraps up at this tragic incident. And the roughly 44,000 children in Portland will be out of school again today after a weekend of talks, but no settlement agreement between Portland Public Schools and its teachers. Monday will be the seventh day of missed classes due to the teacher strike. Both sides met through the weekend. The district proposed a package that it claims addresses compensation, preparation time, and class sizes. The union argued that the Portland public school system made virtually no movement on key issues in its latest proposal. Portland public school teachers went on strike November 1st. The district officials explained it is too early to determine whether the school year will be extended for makeup days. 
Portland Public Schools is threatening to file an unfair labor practice charge against the Portland Association of Teachers in response to the union protest tax tactics during the ongoing strike. Specifically, the district said it objects to protest stage outside Portland Public School official homes and a protest that entered the Oregon Convention Center on Wednesday. Did you see the, the Seahawks game yesterday? I mean, that that was as loud as the 12s have, have ever been, in, in my, in my yeah. estimation. It was nuts. Well, I did not see it, but, you know, that stadium is known to be, I mean, we're talking oh, about... Oh, it, it's rowdy yeah. every game, yeah. 12th man, right? Yeah, but yesterday, I mean, it, they, it, it came down to the last play. It was a wild game. Jason Myers converted his fifth field goal of the game. It was a 43-yarder as the clock hit triple zero, and the Seattle Seahawks held off the Washington Commanders 29-26 yesterday. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith and Washington quarterback Sam Howell were going back and forth in the final five minutes. Howell hit a touchdown with just 52 seconds left. Looked like the game was over. Then Geno took over mm-hmm. some big throws to DK Metcalf and uh then there was Myers with that field goal right as the as the clock hit zero uh-huh. and uh, the Hawks won at 29-26. I'm sorry to say it was one of I think four or five last second games and your Chargers were one They that, didn't come through. Yeah, they didn't they didn't yeah, you know, mm. what wasn't pretty for them. Okay. Well, even though even though Herbert had a big day yesterday, they just couldn't get up get the win. All Mon- right. Monday night football tonight. Who knows what's going to happen with that one? But it's up up in northern New York. The Bills are going to host the Broncos. Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Tonight. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how he does. Advent is actually just a couple of weeks away. <laughs> that is technically uh, the new year for Catholics. Let so me we get can through Thanksgiving, celebrate. okay? Okay, <laughs> you do. It'll be Thanksgiving. That weekend is the Feast of Christ the King That's on right. Sunday. Yeah. And then following that is Advent. Now, Advent can be a deeply prayerful time of preparation for the coming of the Lord at Christmas. Mm-hmm. For four weeks, we take a spiritual journey towards the incarnation, God's coming into the world. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now, at the same time, the days leading up to Christmas can be extremely stressful. No, I don't know about you, but I tend to get a little overwhelmed with the amount of things that need to get done before then. But it's important to keep a eye on the reason why we go through Advent season and a prayerful response to this liturgical time. Now, there's a lot of devotions to keep Christ In Christmas and in Advent, we have the Advent wreath, of course, in which we light a new candle each uh, each week leading up to the nativity. There's also the Jesse tree and Advent calendars marking the days. And many of us also get a little prayer book that help us also go through the days. There is one prayer, Patrick, however, that can make a powerful impact on our preparation for the coming Lord. The Angelus. Oh, yes. Patrick, you come in every morning. We start to talk and then you go, wait, I have to go pray. Because at six o'clock in the morning, at noontime and six o'clock in the evening, Mm -hmm. you hear the Angelus here on Mater Day Radio. So here are some ways that you can make sure to to, to know about this Angelus and why Advent's such a great time to pray. Oh, I can't recommend it more highly. This right? is going to line up your faith life. I mean, it is, it, 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 it's kind of the, it lines everything else up. 
For so sure. lay it on me. Lay it on. I'm taking so notes. Here's the first thing. Okay. It is a short prayer mm-hmm. for a devotion. You would, if you compare it against, say, praying the Divine uh, Mercy Chaplet or even the Rosary, this one is short. It takes about two minutes to pray the Angelus. And again, like I said, traditionally at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. every day, we're reminded to stop what we're doing and recite this prayer. In the past, you could hear bells from church towers Mm -hmm. nearby ringing. These days, it's more practical to set up reminders on your phone or computer. The Hail Mary Media app has it. You can listen to it or you can pray it in the text prayer section. And you can set a reminder. And you can set those reminders. Secondly, like Advent and Christmas, it is focused on the incarnation. Christmas celebrates the birth of Christ, God made man, the incarnation. Advent is season of preparation for the coming of the Lord in the world. The Angelus reminds us of the annunciation of Christ's birth by the angel Gabriel to Mary. It transforms our heart to be like the servant heart of Mary, and it reminds us that the word was made flesh and God dwelt among us. It never occurred to me, Pat, that this is a perfect Advent prayer. We pray it every day that we can come together at noontime here in the station. Yes, uh uh-huh. It is that beautiful annunciation of Mary, almost that Magnificat where she, yeah, experienced the coming of the Lord. It is a powerful prayer. I know we we, we talk about all prayer is powerful, but there is something about the Angelus and praying it three times a day and disciplining yourself to do that that will really reap benefits throughout your entire spiritual life. I, I've really gotten into that habit, and thanks to Aaron Earhart here, at the, uh, and we, we pray it the three times a day. I've got the alarm set, and it's just amazing how everything else in my prayer life has kind of just aligned itself. I, I, I can't even pinpoint, but I know it all changed with praying the Angelus mm. three times a day. So Advent, the perfect time to get in that habit. Absolutely. And as we move through the show today, Pat, I'll give you some more reasons why we should be praying the Angelus every day. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Tuesday, beginning at six o'clock is the OSU Newman Center Lecture. Galaxies, stars, planets, and life, a universe of awe and inspiration. This is happening on Zoom. The Newman Center invites everyone to join their fall lecture by astrophysicist Dr. Jennifer Wiseman, who will share striking imagery from stars to galaxies as she encourages an attitude of awe and wonder. This is a free event, but please register online. To find those details, go to materdayradio.com. Under the Get Involved menu, you'll find the community calendar. You'll also find the details on the Hail Mary media app. Dr. Weisman is a heavy hitter, Brent. Is she? Oh, my gosh, an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> from she's NASA. Got, she's it got a lot of smarts. <laughs> you know who else is a heavy hitter and, and going to be talking about a very similar uh, topic? Steve Ray. He will be checking in to talk about the book of Genesis next after we check weather at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. 
online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News & World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and a little foggy on that bridge today. Be careful out there. The fog should burn off and stay mostly cloudy this afternoon, high 53. Cloudy tonight, low down to 39, and uh, we are going to see some beautiful weather through the week. A little chilly at night, but we should see some beautiful sunshine all the way into the weekend. Currently, it is 47 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Salem. And 45 at St. Henry in Gresham. So if you want to learn about anything, it's important to start at the very beginning. That way you have a strong foundation to build upon. Well, everything in the Bible, and basically the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. Now, the Greek word for Genesis means beginning. And this inspired text reveals to us not only our origins, but our purpose our meaning, and God's plan for mankind. A new Bible study guide and commentary is available from Ignatius Press on the book of Genesis. And it is also quite the adventure. And I can think of no better person as a guide for this adventure than Steve Ray. Steve is joining me today to step us into the beginning of our faith in his new book, simply called Genesis. Good morning, Steve. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Brenda. It's been too long. I always enjoy our interviews together, and uh, the book I just wrote on Genesis is a great and worthy topic, I think, and I'm looking forward to talking with you about it. I'll tell our listeners to strap on their seatbelts because this is an adventure (laughs) for sure. Steve, look, there are ancient stories in this book. Creation, Adam and Eve, Noah and the Flood, and of course... Abraham. God seemed very active, too, and involved in these first stories of our salvation history. Kind of set the stage for the book of Genesis. Well, the book of Genesis is obviously the first book of the Bible, so everything else is built off of that, like you just said. It's the beginning. And it tell, in a way, I'd say it's the most important book of the Bible because it gives us an idea of who we are, where we came from, what our destiny is, where are we going, why is there suffering and troubles and problems and pain in the world? That's not the way God made it, but he explains why that happened. And the book of Genesis also tells that there's going to be the uh, God himself is going to drop behind enemy lines in the future, and he's going to rectify it. He's going to fix the problems, which he did in his son, Jesus Christ. And it's kind of a subversive dropping behind the enemy lines to start a rebellion, to bring back a new kingdom that God is reestablishing. And so the whole book of Genesis lays all of this out, how it begins. And the book, 
the first 11 chapters deal with, like you said, creation, and then the fall of man because of sin, and then Noah, they're starting over again in Tower of Babel. But the book of Genesis, most people think of it only as the creation story, but that's only the first three chapters. But the last 40 chapters of the book deal with four, actually three, yeah, four of the most important patriarchs. You deal with Abraham, his son Isaac, and then that gnarly, crazy character named Jacob, who is just is a fun story to talk about and read, and then Joseph. So the last 40 chapters are on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And I have to admit that when I finished writing the book, I was sad because I really got to know these characters. I enjoyed interacting with them, explaining them in a way, inviting them into the living room to discuss this with them before I wrote it in the book uh, through Scripture. And and, And I use a lot of Jewish commentaries, Catholic church fathers, secular. Uh, so it's really, I think, a well, well-rounded book, and I've been told it reads like a novel. Oh, perfect, because the book of Genesis is complex, and there are stories in it. You know, we look at the seven days that God took to create the entire earth, and then there was a great flood where Noah managed to give two of every kind of animal into the boat, and then, of course, the story of Abraham and having a, a conversation with an angel to save his son. These are stories, and I think many people go, yeah, well, for something written a long time ago, stories is how they relay information. But are there archaeological findings? And you've been around the world, Steve, on so many pilgrimage, taking people to all of these places on Earth. Are there archaeological findings that supports and tells us, yes, this is our history? Yeah, my whole approach to writing the book of Genesis is that this is true history. It's God's revelation to man. In other words, he created us with nose to smell, taste, hear, uh, and, and touch and feel those five senses. And all of that we pick up from those five senses has to be processed by the gray matter in between our ears, our brain. But that doesn't tell us why things happen. We can't go back in the future to figure out how it first began or why it began. We can only determine certain things and very limited in that. God has given us a revelation and it begins with Genesis. He gives us a revelation to inform us of things that we could never know or discover ourselves. We can know something about God. In Romans 1, it says that we can know something of his divine nature and his power and so on by the things that he has made. It's the word, the Greek word poema, by the way, of his great masterpiece. We can learn something about him, but only limited amount in our natural selves. We need a revelation from God. God gives us that revelation in Scripture. It's his divine story, and it's true. When you go back and say Abraham came from Ur of the Chaldeans, that's the land of Iraq, and he came from a certain place while we went back there, and there is the ziggurat, the pyramid that he used to worship at. Abraham was a pagan until he was 75 years old. He worshiped other gods. And those places are there. The archaeology is there. I've been up to the top of the pyramid that he would have worshipped at in in, uh, in Iraq. 
And there's all of the paraphernalia, the, the pottery and the jugs and the jewelry and all of the wealth of that city of Ur. That's where he came from. All that once you get into Israel, then obviously all of that is very historical, and you can all of those stories could be tested. And, and the Bible's been challenged so many times. And guess what? It's still the number one seller. And it's still everybody knows it's a true book. But you know, even with creation, it wasn't written. The creation story was not written for a scientific community. If the, if God had presented to Moses and the early Israelites his formula for creating light and his formula for creating the universe, nobody would even understand it today. Far too complex from the mind of God to create everything out of nothing. We wouldn't even understand the formula if he wrote it out for us on a blackboard. But what it does is it presents the story of creation in a way that people can understand at a pre-scientific age. It uses symbolism a lot, and it tells us how we got here. And in the seventh day, it said God rested. And people say, oh, he must have been really tired. No, God never gets tired. He's not a, a physical being. When it says that he rested, in the Hebrew, it means he ceased from his labors. In other words, he took that all of that creation energy, and, and then he ceased from his late, and he stood back and said, what I have made is very, very good. And he then is continuing to work. He never stops working. If he worked, stopped, he keeps us in existence every day. If he didn't physically keep us in existence, we would vanish. So this is the whole idea of the creation story was written so that we could understand how we got here, what the purpose and meaning of our being here, and why we got into the trouble we got into in Genesis 3. Steve Ray joining us this morning on The Morning Blend, his new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary out by Ignatius Press. Steve, you mentioned uh, just a, a few minutes ago talking about the commentary that you put together, and you referenced many Jewish commentaries and rabbis, and also our own Catholic faith. Is our understanding of salvation history and interpretation of the of this book of the Bible very similar or even identical to that of our Jewish brothers and sisters who look to this book as a foundation of their faith as well? Yes and no. It is because they understand how God created the universe, how he created mankind and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. What they do not see when they study Genesis is what is the fuller revelation that we now have in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the Messiah that was promised all the way back in Genesis 3 when sin came in. God went walking in the cool of the evening looking for Adam and Eve for their regular evening walk. Where are you? And they were hiding from God because they had sinned. And God says, I will bring enmity between the serpent and you and between his seed and your seed. And it's referring to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's going to be a savior who comes, who's going to have his heel bit by the serpent, but he's going to crush the head of the serpent. And that's Jesus destroying the devil at the cross when he died. So the Jews understand the whole story like we do, but they do not see the Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I've done in the book is showed typology. What I mean by that is all of the book of Genesis from the very beginning just screams the Trinity. It just screams out that there's going to be a Messiah who's going to come. And when he came, we recognized him as Jesus, which the Jews rejected, and they also reject the Trinity. But even in the beginning, God says, let us make men in our image. What does he mean by us? 
Well, the writer of the Genesis didn't know about the Trinity at the time because that was something that wasn't revealed till later. But let us make man in our image. Some have said it's the divine plural, like a king says, we have determined, or the angels. But the angels are never said to be involved in the Mm. creation God Mm -hmm. creates. And so it comes back to, whereas we now, when we look back with the fullness of revelation in Christ, we see there that's very possibly the Trinity. We, let us make them in our image. So the whole Testament for us Christians, we we look back through Christ as the lens back into the book of Genesis, and we see a lot of depth and layers of meaning, I think, which the Jews often miss. Uh, Steve, and just hearing your commentary, it just, I think of the passage of how the wind blew across the waters. And of course, we know that beautiful image yes. of the Holy Spirit blowing yes. over. Steve, that's Ray. The Trinity. Yes. That, just real quick, that's the Trinity. God, God is creating. He speaks his word. What's his word? Jesus is the word of God. So you have the Father who speaks his word, Jesus, and the Spirit is over hovering over the waters. So there you have the Trinity right there in the first two verses of the Bible. Uh. Absolutely perfect. Steve Ray joining us today to talk about his new book, Genesis. It is a Bible study guide and commentary. Steve, this has been a great conversation. There is more to the second longest book in our Bible that I want to talk to you about. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Absolutely. Matri-Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.54 on the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And next week, Thanksgiving. Uh, I know you're going to be headed to the store, getting all stocked up on all the items you need. And why not help Catholic Radio at the same time while you do your shopping? Shop for the cause. It's the Fred Meyer Community Rewards Program. It's easy to get registered. And once you're all signed up, then uh, we can uh, start reaping the benefits of your shopping. I know Brenda's going out to get pumpkin filling today. (laughs) This this weekend, and I shouldn't say this, but because I get up so early on Saturday morning, I'll continue that and get up early and hit the store before everybody else gets there. Easy shopping. Make sure you're shopping for the cause, Brenda. And I you get will. all the details at MatraDayRadio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at BiancoDentistry.com or 503 252 1722. That's 503 252 1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. With the autumn season comes football and tailgating, and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at MaterDayRadio.com. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio.
the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 757 in Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It was a great weekend in high school football for the area Catholic schools. We'll tell you more about that next. And a tragic incident being investigated as five servicemen lose their lives in the Mediterranean. I'll have an update on that story for you as well right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. God closes one door to open another. For Frances Cabrini, she could hardly imagine what God had waiting for her on the other side of hers. She was born to one of 13 children to a farming family in Lombardy, Italy in 1850. She grew up attending a school run by the Daughters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, so she was immediately drawn to a vocation in the order. Because of her poor health resulting in a premature birth, Frances was denied acceptance into the convent. She still went on to graduate with the status of cum laude and obtained her teaching certificate at the school. Feeling the rejection was a call from God to remain with her family on the farm. She cared for her parents until their death in 1870. Frances continued to work on her parents' farm until she was invited to teach at the House of Providence Orphanage in Codogno. She was there six years and fell in love with the work she was doing. She became the headmistress and took her own religious vows to live by. Frances encouraged other women to live a religious way of life and eventually added Xavier to her name in honor of St. Francis Xavier, the patron saint of missionaries. I smell some foreshadowing. Just when things seemed to be going so well for Sister Frances, the school was closed in 1880. This was only greeted by an invitation from her bishop to establish the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart. There, she would see to it that the children battling illnesses, a cause that she held dearly in her heart, would be properly educated and cared for. With these missions striving, the young sister gained the attention of Pope Leo VIII. He invited Sister Frances to travel to the U.S. and continue her mission work in the States. She packed her bags along with six other sisters and landed in New York in 1889. Sister Frances worked closely with immigrants, specifically Italians, to come to know Christ and be ministered however needed. She continued to spread the gospel throughout the United States and eventually obtained her citizenship in America. By the end of her life, she had established 62 orphanages, hospitals, and schools throughout the North and South America and Europe. She died in 1917 from complications due to malaria and became the first canonized U.S. citizen in 1946. She's officially recognized as the patron saint of immigrants and is apparently the best intercessor for finding a parking spot. As one priest said, she did live in New York, so she knew a thing or two about driving. When life doesn't go as planned, we can't throw in the towel and immediately give up on what God's calling us to. Just because one opportunity doesn't work out, doesn't mean that we're done, no matter how it seems in the moment. May we be reminded daily not to just care for our brothers and sisters, but to also give ourselves some mercy to be ready for wherever God is calling us. St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And to learn more about the saints and pray right along with them, just check out the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Dei Radio. It's 8 o'clock. Bishop Mark Seitz of El Paso, who leads the U.S. Bishops Committee on Migration, has written a letter to Congress urging action for better protection of unaccompanied migrant children. 
The letter sent on November 11th recommends 10 actions Congress can take to better protect migrant children with a particular emphasis on preventing human trafficking and safeguarding the children once they have been released to a sponsor in the United States. Bishop Seitz wrote that the letter was spurred by several concerning reports in recent months regarding incidents of migrant children in the United States suffering exploitative labor conditions and other harmful situations. The recommendations Seitz makes are mostly related to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Refugee Settlement, which is responsible for the care and placement of unaccompanied migrant children in the United States. In preparation for the Jubilee year of 2025, Pope Francis announced Saturday that the year 2024 will be dedicated to prayer. The Pope made this announcement when he met with a group of shrine rectors and workers at the Vatican Saturday afternoon. The Pope said that guides will be published which will help rediscover the centrality of prayer. The Holy Father called for a daily renewal of the joy and commitment of being men and women of prayer. Five members of the U.S. Army Special Operation Forces have died in a helicopter crash in the eastern Mediterranean Sea, American officials said on Sunday. The troops were crew members of an MH-60 Black Hawk helicopter that was on a refueling training mission late Friday when the aircraft crashed off the coast of Cyprus. The helicopter crew members who died were members of the Army's elite 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, known as the Night Stalkers, and are among the aviators assigned to ferry the commandos on clandestine missions. In a statement on Sunday, the Military European Command acknowledged the death of the five service members in what it said was a routine air refueling mission, but released no other information about the crash, the crew, or its unit in a reflection of the secrecy surrounding the unit's mission. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin III said in a statement on Sunday, we mourn the tragic loss of five U.S. service members during this training incident in the Mediterranean Sea. U.S. fighter jets hit two Iranian military bases in southeastern Syria in defensive airstrikes ordered by President Joe Biden in response to surging attacks against American troops in Syria and Iraq, the Pentagon said. The precision airstrikes on Sunday targeted a training facility near Abu Kamal and a safe house near Mayadin on the Euphrates River, both of which were used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and Iran-affiliated groups, according to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in a news release. A 24-hour vigil on the University of Portland campus began at 11 a.m. on Friday. It was one of the many events that happened in the metro area for Veterans Day. The university's Army and Air Force ROTC cadet stood watch at the Praying Hands Broken Wall Memorial on the East Quad campus until 11 a.m. Saturday. Alexa Ulrich, a nursing student who has been a member of the ROTC for four years, said it's just a time for us to reflect on why we're here, why we're doing what we are doing, and how we can be better officers for our people. The vigil ended with a commemoration ceremony and the playing of taps during the retiring of the guard.
Well, Brenda, when we were on the University of Portland campus, I had an opportunity, I think three different times to go to the Veterans really? Day. Yeah, yeah, it is. The University of Portland it just does it so well. And it, it will, I mean, it it's emotional. It, It'll it's put moving. a lump in your throat. If And uh, so uh, thanks to those students for doing Look, that and, and just a beautiful ceremony. It was 24 hours. Remember back right. to Friday, too. It was rainy. <laughs> it was windy. And for 24 hours, they took turns standing guard on at that uh, memorial. So congratulations and thank you so much. Well, going back to Friday, it was a great Friday night and a pretty good Saturday in the second round of the Oregon and Washington High School football playoffs in the big 6A matchup. Central Catholic took down Lake Ridge 42-6, while West Lynn beat up on Jesuit 59-14. That sets up the big matchup this weekend between number one West Lynn and Central Catholic in the semifinals. Everybody wanted that to be in the finals, but the OSAA broke the brackets down a little different. So the semifinal matchup that everybody wanted to see is coming up this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Dropping down to 4A, congratulations to Marist and Eugene blowing out Mazama. 48-27, they'll take on Seaside in the next round. And the Regis Rams in Staten beat Hepner 27-20. They will play Wes McEwen this weekend. And Brenda, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention they're still rolling. We're talking about Seton High School out of Vancouver. They beat up on King's High School 56-48. That's over 100 points. That's a I lot mean, of scoring. It's a <laughs> shootout right there. But Seton prevailed, and they will place number four, Kashmir, in the quarterfinals this coming weekend. So the Catholic schools are doing really well in, mm-hmm. in the state playoffs. As we move towards the Advent season, this is a time that can be deeply prayerful in preparation for the coming Lord. There's a lot of devotions to keep Christ in Christmas and especially during the Advent season. There's the Advent wreath. Of course, I have those in my home that we light every week. And of course, we also have the Jesse tree and Advent calendars to mark those days. But a way to get your prayer life in order during this Advent season, it is a devotion that once you start it, well, you're just going to want to keep praying it. It is the Angelus. Mm-hmm. Now, here at Mater Day Radio, we hear that Angelus prayed at 6 a.m., noontime, and at 6 p.m. And even the Vatican, Pope Francis, makes his Sunday Angelus address and prays the Angelus there. Here are a few more reasons why it's great to make this part of your Advent All devotions. right, let me get my pen. I'm taking these Okay, notes. so remember, right. first we said it was short. It uh, is focused on the incarnation. Mm-hmm. And it does remind us to keep Christ into Christmas. What are we preparing for during Advent? Crisp parties, big dinners? No. The reason for this season, both Advent and Christmas, can easily get lost in the busy month of December. But by practicing the Angelus, it brings it back into focus. Committing to praying the Angelus gives us a daily built-in reminder that we are preparing for the Word made flesh, God who dwelt among us. And in the Angelus, we give our time back to God, they say. Now, the ringing of church bells or the buzz on your phone as a reminder to pray the angels can be difficult to heed. Almost always we can make excuses as for why in that moment we're doing something particularly important. This is both the challenge and the avenue for grace for praying the angelus. The angelus trains us to give up our desire to hoard all of our time to ourselves and to work for ourselves. And it leads us to take on the handmaid's heart 
by echoing Mary's words to let it be done rather than do it myself. (laughs) The Angelus helps us recognize that all time, all work, and all we have is a gift. Awesome. Let me tell you what what I do, okay? Because it gets a little bit much. You do it three times a day, okay? I set an alarm five minutes before the top of the hour at six, noon, and six. So, and then I set an alarm on the hour at six, noon, and six. And then the Hail Mary Media app reminds me at six, <laughs> noon, and six, which is a little bit off, just a little bit before. It's mm-hmm. So I get like three, every every time I get these three little little alerts on my phone for, for praying the Angelus because I am lazy and I don't want to do it. Uh, often it's easy to do it at noon because we all come we together, come together yes but it's that 6 a.m one or the 6 p.m one when you're in the midst of you know all the all the afternoon activities and that's when i think god wants us the most that's when he wants us to focus the most and get away from the busyness so no oh, i pa- need three alarms on each and every <laughs> one of them but it, are, wor- it works it you works. are an overachiever for sure for our <laughs> listeners who want to take this on you want to tell my mom that i'm gonna I, I need to record that okay you are an overachiever <laughs> but i would say if you are learning this devotion and you want to start it one time just pick one yeah, time during yeah. the day and pray it and then well, it just gets to be such a beautiful part of your life. You just keep on praying. I would say it. that noon hour is kind of the easier one of the three. Yeah, yeah. try it there. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. In case you missed their interview last hour, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, it's Young Catholic Professionals Virtue Panel on Perseverance. It's happening at Ascension Catholic Church here in Portland. Young adults in their 20s and 30s are invited to YCP Portland's Executive Panel Discussion on the Virtue of Perseverance featuring three panelists. Uh, The event will include a reception with drinks and appetizers, spiritual reflection, and the Virtue Panel. And remember, you can find details on these and many other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Overachiever, really? Nobody, my name's never been associated with that word before. (laughs) Well, then you're making up for lost time. Maybe that's it. Hey, Steve Ray is an overachiever, yes, and he's he tackled the book of Genesis. Brenda continues her conversation with Steve after we check that beautiful weather forecast next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, 
to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. The Catholic Church dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join Mater Day Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Mater Day Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions. At Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 814 at Mater Day Radio. It's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. That fog's starting to burn off a little bit. Cloudy this afternoon, high up to 53, then cloudy tonight, low 39. Sunshine takes over tomorrow, taking us all the way into the weekend. Looks really nice from here on if we get through this fog today. Currently, it is 47 degrees at St. Mary's Catholic Church up in Castle Rock. And 48 at St. Thomas More Catholic Newman Center in Eugene. And I am back with the adventurous Steve Ray. Steve has set out on a journey, an adventure, so to speak, to help us understand more fully the book of Genesis. His new book is out by Ignatius Press, and Steve is staying with us today to talk more about it. Good morning, Steve. Thanks so much for staying with us. Sure, I'm more than happy to. Steve, as we ended our first half of our interview, we began to understand about the Trinity in the way that really right in the very beginnings, that's where we start our understanding of the Trinity, but then also about Christ's mission on earth. So let's start here. Is it even possible to fully realize Christ's mission on earth without fully understanding the content and context of Genesis with reference to a coming Messiah? The whole uh, of Scripture, even the New Testament, it's written by Jews, except for the uh, Luke, who's a Gentile but was very Jewish in his perspective. So the whole idea of the Jewishness of Genesis in the Old Testament flows right in through Jesus and Mary, who were Jewish, and the whole beginning of the New Testament, which is very Jewish. But it all goes back to the book of Genesis. Even the Gospel of John, I've also written a 450-page commentary on John's Gospel called John, a Bible study guided commentary. And he starts his book with, In the Beginning. And I said, well, wait a minute, there's another book that starts that way. Genesis starts with, in the beginning. And I think John is all based on Genesis. 
And when he says in the beginning, he's saying, if you want to understand my book that begins with in the beginning, you have to understand the first one first. So the book of Genesis really lays the groundwork for everything. We talk about Jesus being the priest and the king who gives us out of Jerusalem, brings us his body and blood in the, under the forms of bread and wine. Well, guess what? In Genesis 14, Abraham, who represents the people of God and all of us were still in his loins at the time, he approaches a Jerusalem and out comes the prophet and the king Melchizedek, who brings them bread and wine, which is a very extravagant meal he brought out to Abraham. Abraham gives him a tenth of everything. Melchizedek, the prophet and king, comes out of Jerusalem and brings him bread and wine. The church from the very beginning has always understood that as a picture, prefiguration of Jesus coming out of the city of Jerusalem and bringing us his body and blood, which he did. So right there in Genesis 14, you have the whole foundation. And by the way, the priests that we have today are not priests according to Aaron or the Jewish tribe of Levi. They are priests that their, their priesthood goes all the way back 4,000 years ago to Genesis 14. The priests we have today are priests in the order of Melchizedek. We wouldn't even know that without the book of Genesis. Well, there are a few other things that we learn about. The very first references to some very important ideas in uh, yes. everyday life. God is love. And love is talked about right from the very beginning. Tell us about the first that we read about in the book of Genesis. One of the things I did in this book is, is talk about the first time things are used, the first time the word love is used, the first time camels are mentioned or priesthood or prayer. Very interesting where they're placed, very strategically, actually. The first time the word love is used is saved all the way for Genesis 22. You never see the word love before Genesis 22. And there it says to Abraham, God says, take your son, your only son whom you love and offer him as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. That's the first time the word love is used of a father for his only begotten son. And if you hear, listen to those words, take your son, your only son whom you love. Is there a verse in the New Testament that reminds you of that? Maybe John 3:16. for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So in this picture of Abraham, who is now going to offer his only begotten son is a picture of God the Father, who 2,000 years later is going to offer his only begotten son. And guess where Mount Moriah is? It says, take your son to Mount Moriah. We find out that Solomon built his temple on Mount Moriah 1,000 years later. And then 2,000 years later, Mount Moriah is the top of the mountain, the top of Jerusalem. And where was Jesus crucified? in Jerusalem. So the father brought his only begotten son to the same place as Abraham and offered him as a sacrifice there. And then it gets even more interesting. In in the book of Genesis, it says that Isaac carried the wood of the sacrifice on his back. What did Jesus carry on his back on his way to the sacrifice? The wood of the cross. The angel, when Abraham saw the ram with his head stuck in a thorn bush and used that ram as a substitute for his son Abraham. What did Jesus have his head stuck in when he went up to the cross to die? He had his head stuck in a thorn bush too, the crown of thorns. Now, Abraham, he loved his son and he was probably 15 years old, but a 15-year-old boy could have resisted his father over 100 years old. So it also appears that Abraham, and the Jews teach this as well, that Abraham was a willing sacrifice. He didn't fight his father. There's no way his father could have gotten him up on top of a big altar without Abraham, without 
uh, Isaac helping him. So Isaac was a willing victim, just like Jesus was a willing victim. So the parallels between Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice with Jesus and his son as a sacrifice, you see the whole passion of Christ before you ever get out of the book of Genesis. Steve Ray is joining us on an adventure today into the book of Genesis. His new book title, in fact, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary out by Ignatius Press. Steve, your knowledge of the Old Testament is is vast and your ability to connect it to the world is incredible. For many of us, though, I feel like maybe I might need a stack of history books and uh, a, a big Bible that's written easily for, for just common people like me to understand and then crack open the book of your study guide. For our listeners, kind of explain to us, though, how you've written this so that way, well, all of us can get through this book with just a very ease of understanding. I'm not a theologian or a philosopher. I'm a simple guy. And a simple guy who loves the Bible. My mom and dad were Baptists, and they taught me to love the Bible from the time I was seven years old or whatever. I had to learn all the books of the Bible and memorize them. They gave me a, a great love and desire for the, for the Bible, and I have 20,000 books in my house about mainly about the Bible. So, But I'm not a theologian or philosopher. I'm not writing this for the, uh, you know, the high academic realms. I'm writing it for average people with great stories that I tell to relate the book of Genesis. And I, I'll give you two examples. One of the editors who's with Ignatius Press editing over 40 years said she had a hard time editing my book because she kept forgetting she was an editor and she got engrossed in the story and would be reading along 10 pages and said, oops, I got to go back. I'm supposed to be editing this book. And another person who read it said that in chapter two about the creation, that it was so meaningful that they read it with tears running down their eyes about how God had created male and female and his purpose for them and how the male and the female were to interact together under the lordship of Christ and in the garden. And tears are running down her eyes when she read it. She said it was like a a devotional, um, Lectio Divina kind of a thing. So it really reads like a novel. I, I, I think that many have said they can't set it down. <laughs> so, But I wrote it that way to be fun, but I also brought out the, the deeper meanings and the typology and where the Trinity is being reflected and where you can see Christ in the very beginning. You can see, oh, and by the way, for those three, remember when Abraham was in his tent in the sun at the heat of the day, it was noon, and it's so hot, he was in the shade sitting in his tent, and all of a sudden there were three men standing there. It doesn't act like they arrived. It's just like they they were there, boom, and he surprised him, and he calls them Lord. And we learn that those three strangers there were the Trinity. Ambrose and Augustine and the fathers of the church say, when we see these strangers talking to Abraham, we're walking in very deep waters because here we see the Trinity. So I like to say, where's the only place in the Bible we see where God walked on the earth with all six feet? The Trinity came down to visit Abraham. And so this is something that I, I go into great detail about, too, in the book. Well, it is a big book, many pages, and I just look forward to just reading so much more about this, Steve. I am so appreciative of your time today. Thank you, Brenda. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. 824 at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And just about a week from now, we are going to be sending a little gift your way. It is our annual Marian calendar. 
for 2024 so you can keep track of all the Marion Feast Days. Beautiful artwork there for you. And keep an eye out on your mailbox. We'll be mailing those, I think, next Tuesday. And hopefully it'll get to you before Turkey Day so you can get that up. And if you want to get one online, you can find one available next week. The Marion Calendar at MatraDayRadio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a nonprofit religious entity committed to providing superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. We are looking for an experienced medical assistant who is passionate about our mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to nelson at holyfamilyclinic.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the Church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. I put a little espresso in that Morning Blend this morning. Did it's, you? It's Monday. I'm yeah. feeling wired up now. <laughs> 826 at Mater Day Radio, the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat and Pope Francis making a change in a Texas diocese. We'll have details on that just ahead. And they fought for their daughter to the end. The parents of Indy Gregory mourn the loss of their eight-month-old daughter. And Pope Francis sends his prayers to a grieving family. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. This is Kara Klein and Catch Me. We are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I was afraid. Afraid to hurt, to risk it all. I've climbed this high, I've come this far, but it's a leap still to where you are. So push me away.
It's Kara Klein and Catch Me. It is 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. On Saturday, the Vatican announced that Pope Francis has relieved Bishop Joseph Strickland from his duties in the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, and appointed an apostolic administrator, Bishop Joe Vasquez of the Diocese of Austin, to replace him temporarily. Strickland's removal comes after the Texas bishop refused a Vatican request for him to submit his resignation two days prior, according to Cardinal Daniel DiNardo of Galveston, Houston. The Vatican Dicastery for Bishops completed a formal investigation in the Diocese of Tyler earlier this year, called an apostolic visitation, and recommended that Strickland's continuation in office was not feasible. Pope Francis met with American Cardinal Robert Francis Prevost, the prefect of the Dicastery for Bishops, on Saturday morning before Strickland's removal was announced. The Pope's decision to relieve Strickland of his pastoral governments of the East Texas Diocese came just two days before the start of the U.S. Bishops' Fall Plenary Meeting, which begins today and runs through Thursday in Baltimore. Critically ill British infant Indy Gregory died overnight Monday after her life support was removed over the weekend following a U.K. court order. The eight-month-old Gregory died in her mother's arms in a hospice center. In a statement released through Christian Concern, Gregory's parents said they are angry, heartbroken, and ashamed. The NHS and the courts not only took away her chance to live a longer life, they said, but also took away Indy's dignity to pass away in the family home where she belonged. Indy Gregory, born in February and baptized in September, suffered from a rare degenerative mitochondrial disease. After England's high court ruled that it was in the child's best interest to be taken off life support against her parents' wishes, the Italian government granted the critically ill child Italian citizenship and agreed to cover the cost of her medical treatment at the Vatican's pediatric hospital. Gregory's parents, Dean and Claire, repeatedly appealed in UK courts to be able to take their baby to Rome for treatment, but lost their legal battle. A November 11th Vatican statement said Pope Francis was praying for Gregory and her family. A tragic and unusual situation unfolded Saturday afternoon in northeast Salem. An 80-year-old man killed himself in the lobby of the Salem Police Department Saturday afternoon, according to authorities. The incident unfolded around 1 o'clock when the man, whose name has not been released, walked into the vestibule of the police station at 333 Division Street Northeast and pulled a shotgun out of a bag he carried. He then shot himself, officials said. The lobby of the Salem Police Department opened back up this morning after it was closed all weekend for an investigation of this tragic incident. Roughly 44 thousand children in Portland will be out of school on Monday today after a weekend of talks but no settlement agreement between Portland Public Schools and its teachers. Monday will be the seventh day of missed classes due to the teacher strike. Both sides met throughout the weekend. The district proposed a package that it claims addresses compensation, preparation time, and class sizes. The union argued that PPS made virtually no movement on key issues in its latest proposal. Portland Public School teachers went on strike November 1st, and district officials explained it is too early to determine whether the school year will be extended for makeup days. 
Portland Schools is threatening to file an unfair label practice charge against Portland Association of Teachers in response to the union's protest tactics during the ongoing teacher strike. Specifically, the district said it objects to protests staged outside PPS official homes and a protest that entered the Oregon Convention Center on Wednesday. Well, Brenda, it was a wild day in the NFL yesterday. There were a record number of games coming down to the last play of the game, including uh, your Chargers, no. who were on the mm-hmm. wrong end of that last <laughs> no play. Doubt. But up in Seattle, what a wild finish. I mean, if you like field goals and wild finishes, this was the game for you. Jason Myers converted five field goals, including a 43-yarder as time expired, and the Seahawks held off the Washington Commanders 29-26 yesterday. Geno Smith, the quarterback for Seattle, was going back and forth with Washington quarterback Sam Howell. Howell hit a touchdown, 52 seconds left in the game, and it was like, are you kidding me? And it, we're all tied up at 26, and then Geno just marched him down the field, mm. hit DK Metcalf, and the Myers came in, kicked the field goal, last play of the game, 29-26, Hawks win. Oh, that's fantastic. You can really see a team get into the zone when they've got 50 seconds, you know, you live or die, and how they march down the field. I mean, like, they just cannot do a thing wrong, and that uh, was a beautiful last uh, last march down the field. I've been watching Geno since he was at West Virginia, uh-huh. you know, as a college quarterback and, and he's just amazing. He 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 does this all the time and this was yesterday was was spectacular. But Seattle uh, still tied for first, 6 and 3 now, still tied with uh, San Francisco at the top of the NFC West. So Okay. I don't know how they're doing it. It's smoke and mirrors, I think, but Pete's got them going. So, yeah. Good to hear that. <laughs> Advent, it can be a deeply prayerful time of preparation for the coming of the Lord at Christmas. For four weeks, we take a spiritual journey towards the incarnation, God's coming into the world. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now, it's just a couple of short weeks away. The weekend after Thanksgiving, it is the final Sunday of our liturgical year, the Feast of Christ the King. And then after that, It's Advent. Happy New Year. That's right. It's the beginning of our liturgical new year. Right now is the time to prepare for the Advent season, to think Mm -hmm. about what you are going to do. It's like a mini penitential season uh, this time before Christmas. And so remember to keep Christ the true meaning of Christmas. One of those ways, and we have been talking about it throughout the show today, it is praying the Angelus. It's typically prayed at six o'clock in the morning noontime and six o'clock p.m. You can hear it right here at Mater Day Radio on the air. That's when we pray it. So here are the last few things that making the Angelus a part of your Advent devotion. It's absolutely perfect time. By praying the Angelus, we walk with Mary from the Annunciation to the Incarnation. The Angelus begins with a meditation on the Annunciation, then shift towards a deeper appreciation of the Incarnation. In essence, we travel with Mary from the Annunciation to the birth of Christ. And in other words, we go on a journey with her towards Christmas, just like the season of Advent. And the Advent coincides, the Angelus coincides with an important prayer on the fourth Sunday of Advent. The opening prayer, Patrick, you read the collect, correct, every day? I do. During the liturgy of the fourth Sunday of Advent, it is the same prayer that concludes the Angelus. We pray, pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord. 
That right? grace into our hearts. That's yes. it. In the same way, the priest welcomes us and prays on our behalf at the opening of the Mass on the final Sunday of Advent, praying the Angelus prepares you to experience a taste of that Christmas joy. I'm going to be ready for that now. Aren't you ready? Yes. I'm, I didn't know that. Now yeah. I'm going to be listening for sure. And then lastly, the Angelus is a perfect addiction to your Advent wreath devotion. Oh. Now, we light our candles at dinner times and other meal times. That's when we typically uh-huh. do that. I have an Advent wreath on our kitchen table. Nice. Consider adding the Angelus to your mealtime routines during Advent. Right When you light those candles and come together for a meal, Pray the Angelus together. Great idea. Those those times are the traditional times, but look, God is not going to go, oh, it's not six o'clock in the evening. I'm going not accept <laughs> those prayers. No. Pray the Angelus at any time. Absolutely. And Absolutely. around that Advent yeah. uh, wreath, I'd love that. I think that is an awesome idea. So this Advent, we are gathering uh in any way that you can to pray the angels, whether it be in your ministry groups that you see, a special retreat that is coming up that your parish is offering, consider adding the angelus to be a part of that service. And I think it would be excellent. Patrick, you have to set your phone to to give you reminders too, right? Three times. Three mm-hmm. times every, every, every. So what, what is that? Three times three, nine times a day. I get you get that. Because uh, I'm, you know, I will admit it. It's like, you know, six in the morning, it's, it's, it's a little difficult. Six in the evening, you're so rushed and busy. It's it's difficult, but it is so worth it. It has really uh, just straightened everything out within my within my prayer life just by praying that Angelus. It's kind of like the framework you can put everything in place on. I I can't recommend it. Try it during Advent. See yep. what happens. Let us know and uh, and watch yourself grow in faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a uh, sixty minutes in an hour, twenty-four hours in a day. Can you devote two of those to pray the Angelus? I think so. I think so too. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Thursday, six thirty p.m. Patrick, it is Ladies' Night at the Father Bernard Youth Center down all in right. Mount Angel. Love those folks. Calling all ladies to an evening of Eucharistic adoration with praise and worship, wine and appetizers. Please RSVP. You can find that address to RSVP. The details can be found on our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. You know there's a song about that. I do, I do know that. that Don't, yes, yes. That. Cool this is a different. This is a cool different kind gang. of ladies' night. Yes, it was Sister Robin's leading that. I, I, you know they're going to have a good time. Oh, Probably a very good time. Perfect. <laughs> and coming up, how we've got a second cup. You said you put a little espresso in our cup today. Yeah, maybe you're feeling a little excited to do some chores. Oh yeah, and and we'll find out if Brenda ever raked her leaves. Yeah. That after we check weather next. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. 
Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Are you a young adult in your 20s and 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Chris Dohanik, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work and witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to meet other young adult Catholics, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mato Day Radio or anytime on MatoDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. Eight forty-four at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Fog starting to burn off. Uh, cloudy skies this afternoon, high up to fifty-three. Low tonight, thirty-nine. Then tomorrow, the sunshine just rolls in. We've got it all the way into the weekend. Going to be a beautiful week, and uh, we need that sunshine. We got a lot of rain last night, so bring we, it on. We certainly did. Currently, it is fifty degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver, and forty-eight at Saint Stanislaus in North Portland. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Oh, just relax. But you know what is funny is I don't think I can relax after having a second cup of coffee. Usually I'm pretty wired up by then, ready to take on the day. Oh, see, I can. I can relax on that. Can you? Very much so, yeah. If I'm relaxing, it's going to be over a cup of tea. It's that coffee at night, though, that keeps me up, so I don't drink it. It's like noon no more coffee yeah. okay yeah well i've had a cup of uh, i think that my my tumbler here is probably two cups but i'm going to go in after the show and make another pot of coffee to have a, another cup uh a, a brenda that saint cup drogo's of coffee. coffee is really good i, oh, under- isn't that I understand fabulous? the appeal yes okay so if you are going <laughs> to the grotto's festival of light you can yeah. go into the gift shop and buy yourself those are i like to have bags of coffee like that for the like Chris, uh, Thanksgiving morning, mm. you got a lot of people over. Just have a more than just your typical Folgers or Kirkland brand or whatever you drink. Have a have a little Saint Drogo coffee on uh, Thanksgiving morning. Mighty good, mighty good. good. Okay, so on with the second cup. 
Yeah. So as I talked about at the start of the program, I had the uh, the uh, grace and benefit to attend confession today uh, over the weekend. And when I was looking at the examination of conscience that they had available, one of the things that it had pointed out was, did you do unnecessary work on Sunday or did you require somebody else to Mm -hmm. do unnecessary work on Sundays? You know, in places like I think Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A, those are two places that stand out in my mind. They close on Sunday. Right. And that used to be the case mm-hmm. where Sunday was a day of rest. And so I recognized when I was looking through that, I like thought, well, I I do try to, you know, not do too much, but I, I do work on things. I do stuff around the house, but I most definitely make other people work on Sundays, too. Yeah, I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and and so it's just something to keep in mind. Of course, there are emergencies. I still cook dinner, too, for the family on Sundays. That is a part of being in a family, but anything in excess. So like cleaning up the house, that is something that can wait and not have to be done on a Sunday. And I found a great article on Alatea. You know who else had to do a lot of work around the house? Who's the, that? The Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> Right. She had her sure. her chores to do, too. And we all have our chores. Even 2000 years ago, there were things that Mary had to do that we all have to do. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the chores Mary and us all have to do to take care of our family. Oh, OK. OK. So just don't do these on Sunday if you can help it. Of course, tidying up one of those things. I have a tendency wherever there is a clean countertop in my house, the table, the kitchen table, the <laughs> desk, something as soon as it's cleaned off, something goes on top of it. Could you imagine though? So Joseph and and Jesus worked in as carpenters. So ima- imagine the mess that they brought home. <laughs> you know, right? Well, but I mean, it's just the nature of their work. Sure. Yeah. Sawdust. You name it. I mean, they were they. I tracked a lot in. Poor Mary. Oh, poor Mary. Of course, doing the walk to the to the central well, getting the water, oh, yeah, making sure yeah. that bowl was available at the doorway so that way they would wash their feet before uh, entering into the home. And when you look at the homes of that period, they were caves. Right. They lived in caves, and but they did, there was like an uh, an outbuilding, like in the front of the cave or the the interior area. They built like a a structure in front of that. And then they entered in to where the rest of the household was. Now, it wasn't like caveman. I mean, it was cave. It was a structure. But they did have amenities within their home. Of course, as you said, Joseph was a carpenter. He knew how to make things. He made beds for the Holy Family. Christ didn't sleep on rock. And so Mary had to do those things. She would make the beds and tidy things up, wash the clothing, Right. Make sure the bedding was all taken care of. Did you of. sweep the cave? Oh, I'm sure you yeah, did. Yeah, I guess you would. Wouldn't, didn't they keep the animals in the cave there, too? Oh, yeah. Then you definitely need to yeah. sweep the cave. Right. So they, you, you, you got to sweep out the cave and, and take care of those things. So we don't live in a cave, but uh, there are dust bunnies all over <laughs> around the corners of my house vacuuming those types of things. Uh, those are important things to keep in mind. You got to do those. But not on Sunday. Not on a Sunday. Right. Here's the part that I start to wonder about. And it's very simple for me to uh, 
after a big dinner, you go to the sink, you turn on the water, you start doing dishes. I load up my dishwasher, push the button and walk away. Not so easy for the Holy Family and for Mary. She'd prepare the meal. And again, the water was not in their home. You had to go out and get the water. I just, that's a lot. That's kind of, you know, it's, it, we take it so much for granted, running water in a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, as being a good uh, Jewish family, there were many rules mm-hmm. about what amount of work they can do. So, I mean, I think they typically had to make sure everything was done before the Sabbath. So that way on the Sabbath, they didn't, they could only walk a certain distance and could only do a certain amount of work. And so cleaning the dishes. I don't know if they had to wait until the next day, but that was part of it. The, the question I have though, did you rake the leaves? Of course I did <laughs> oh, not. No. It rained. <laughs> Those leaves are so drippy wet. Uh, and my goal is to uh, sprinkle This is the them. woman who last week announced that she was going to like to take I care get of the out whole there. neighborhood leaves. No, I'm taking care of my leaves <laughs> by sharing them with the whole neighborhood. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, cooking. Mary was the cook in the home. She made sure her family, Joseph and Jesus, had food to eat. Oh, Maybe yeah. pack their lunches. Uh-huh. And then when they came home, had a warm meal prepared for them also. Don't so- you know she was such a good cook? I, I, you know, I, I, I know they ate a lot of lentils. Mm-hmm. And I, so every time I prepare lentils, I always kind of imagine, how did the Holy Mother, you know, do this? How did, how did she make lentils for Jesus and yeah. for Joseph? A little yeah. uh, olive oil in there, probably whatever was available to grow during the season. They didn't have canning processes back then. So she did what was put in front of her. I bet it was just scrumptious. I bet it was. I bet she was. I'd love to sit down at that meal. Although, who could possibly expect the Blessed Virgin Mary to cook for us at a wonderful <laughs> meal? Wouldn't you That's just true. want to uh, take care of her because she took care of so she takes care of so many of us? Well, if you've got a few chores to do this week, get it on the list, get it done, and then enjoy your Sunday. I hope Amen. you enjoyed today's second cup. 852 Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. 
More information on estate planning is on our website at matradayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 854 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Last check of weather, we have got the fog burning off this morning. Cloudy this afternoon, high 53, low tonight down to 39. And then the sunshine takes over tomorrow, taking us all the way into the weekend. Right now it's 48 in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Father Kevin McGoldrick. Oh, God, you are my God. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh, God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. God, you are my God, for you I long, for you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting.
between your faith and everyday life that priest rocks that is father kevin mcgoldrick and god you are my god 859 oh i needed that extra espresso i have to tell you you glad did. to put that in there excellent yeah. well yeah. i'm glad you've been running around laps in the building this morning too <laughs> checking things Getting out my steps Oh, what a great way to start a Monday. Yeah. What a great way to start the week and and get ready next week. Turkey Day. Turkey Day. I'm going to start my shopping list right now. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is Monday. That means Living Stones is coming on this evening at 730. You can also catch it a little early this afternoon on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a very blessed day.